All right, Matthew chapter number four. Tonight we'll have part two on what the Bible says about the church. And if you was here last time, if you wasn't, you can probably watch it online if you want to. But we talked about the church in the sense as the body of Christ. And when a person gets saved, the Bible talks about that. It talks about how you get in that body of Christ. But this is a different part of a, the church, and this has nothing to do with being saved. This part is talking about the local church. And so tonight, what the Bible says about the church, it's about what we're doing here this evening. It's not about being saved and going to heaven, which that's wonderful. And that's more important than anything, as a matter of fact. But tonight, we're going to talk about the local church. And the word church simply means a called-out assembly. And that's what we are. We're a called-out assembly. Now, you know what people say? I've talked to people all the time. They say, well, I don't believe in organized religion. How many people have ever heard that? Every one of you. Well, the problem is it's the Lord that started organized religion. That started in the Bible, the Word of God. As a matter of fact, look in Matthew chapter number 4. It's a called-out assembly. And notice what happens over here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. These guys are commercial fishermen. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. He's like, right then, they dropped their nets. I mean, they got their commercial fishermen. They're bringing in the fish, and they're going to take them to the market and sell them. They dropped their nets, and they just followed him. Verse 21, And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. So they're working on their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching their synagogue. And anyway, it talks about all that. The church started right here on the seashores of Galilee. Galilee is a great big lake. I mean, I'm talking about, it's a, they call it a sea in Israel. And we've been there. We, we were out on it on a boat ride. And we got to go out on that thing. And that's where Jesus was walking on the water at. Remember that story? He walked across the water on that thing. And that's never happened again either, by the way. But it happened that day. And there was the Lord walking on the water. Well, we got to go out on that sea. And we was looking at all the different types of fish they got in there because they'd show you all the charts with the fish. And you say, well, that's probably what they were catching back in those days. But it's a great big sea. And there's all kinds of cities all the way around it. You've heard of Nazareth. That's where the Lord was from. And cities like, uh, we stayed in a city called Tiberias. And all these, and Capernaum, and all these different cities all around it. Anyway, people lived around those cities, and they're around that lake. And, and it was kind of crazy the night we stayed there in Tiberias. We could hear, um, it got a little spooky because the Muslims in that area, they've got these big intercoms, man. They start chanting over those things. You say, like, what in the world is going on now? <laughs> you know, we're not used to that because we're Christians. But anyway, uh, we just went back to sleep and didn't bother. It's kind of like the hell the other night. It started. We woke up about, did y'all hear the hail? Man, it was going, it was wild. It woke me and Elizabeth up and she said, electricity's out. Anyway, she got on her phone and she dialed up Region 8 and Ryan Vaughn was on there. And about that time he said, and if you're watching from Walnut Ridge, he said, you're probably watching from your phone. He said, because nobody has power over there. She's <laughs> looking at her phone. I go, yep, that's us. <laughs> he got that one right, didn't he? So anyway, <laughs> but... Uh, so that's that lake over there. And so the Lord's up there around the Sea of Galilee. Galilee, They call it a sea. And he's calling these disciples. He says, hey, 
take up your nets. He said, follow me. Man, they dropped what they was doing. They started following him right away. And if you want to know where the first church ever got started, this is where it got started. Because a church is a called out assembly. He called them out. He said, you come follow me. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what it's all about, is following the Lord. And so when I think about the church, I wrote down a lot of different things. And it may, I don't know, it may take me even another week. It might not. I might go through them pretty quickly. But it could take a long time. Sister Barbara texted, we're going home. Amen. That's good. That means things are good. But anyway, um, the church is a lot of things. And one thing is, it's a place of attendance. Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Now, you're here on a Wednesday night. That's kind of like preaching to the choir. You're here on Wednesday night. You're doing pretty good. Hebrews chapter number 10. And we have a strong Wednesday night. We have a strong Sunday school program. We have over 200 and something in Sunday school every Sunday. God's been good to us. It's great. Then we have people that don't make it. They come on in. You say, well, what about them? We're glad they come on in. Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews chapter number 10. And look what it says, starting in verse 22. He says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. I like this. For he is faithful that promised. Amen. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now notice what it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The Bible says we're supposed to come together. That's a big deal. So the church, you see, is a place of attendance. It's a place of assembly. It's a called out assembly. That's what it means. And we're not to forsake the assembly. You say, well, we've got people out tonight. Yes, some of them's in the hospital. They can't be here. Some of them sick. They're, it's just not possible to be here. Some of them have an ox in the ditch. Of course, some of them's got an ox in the ditch every week. <laughs> you ought to sell your ox if it gets like that. <laughs> but anyway, you know, sometimes things happen. That's part of life. That's just the way it is. But if we can be here, we're commanded by God to be here. And we're supposed to be here. We're not to forsake the assembly. That means we're to come together and be part of it. And everybody ought to go to church. We were door knocking one night, one day. We'd done a lot of that in years gone by and still do it. And I was in Porsche. And we were knocking on doors. We got, can you believe we got people from Porsche here tonight? Ain't that right? <laughs> anyway, and Black Rock here tonight, and Walnut Ridge, and Hoxie, and Jonesboro, and Bono, and Westside, and all over the place, and Maynard, and all over the place are here tonight. That's good. It's a good problem to have. Pocahontas, you name it, Paragould. God's good to our church, man. We got people. Hey, a church alive is worth a drive. Harrisburg, hey, man, but you just moved, didn't you? When? She's been driving back and forth from when? Isn't that crazy? I say praise God. Amen. Anyway, she moved closer. She likes our church. I like that. But anyway, church alive is worth the drive. Um, I was knocking on doors over there in Portia, and a lady came, and she was really nice, and I was always, you know, I was nice too. And she said, I'm sorry, but she said, I don't, I'm not going to church. She said, I've got a, I've got a TV church. I said, well, what's that? I really didn't know what that meant. I mean, I wasn't being a smart aleck. I had no idea. And she said, well, she said, I've got a pastor I watch on TV. 
And she said, that's my church. And I mean, I wasn't asking her questions about it. She just kept on telling me. She said, he's my pastor. Matter of fact, I send money to him every week. I thought, I don't know if I'd be doing that or not. <laughs> but anyway, that's your business. It's your money, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and you don't send money to a pastor anyway. You give it to your church. That's the difference, see. I'm not over money here. I don't want to be over money. I don't look at the offer plates. I don't know who gives what. Don't want to know who gives what. Makes me no difference. I'm here to preach. That's my job. But anyway, and so she's like, and I send him money. I send my tithes and offerings to him every week. I go, hmm. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, if you got sick and got in the hospital, I said, would he come see you? She said, well, no, he wouldn't come see me. He's out in California. I go, oh. I said, well, what if you died? I said, I don't want you to die. I don't mean it in a bad way, but what if you were to die? I said, would he come preach your funeral? And she said, well, no. He, he, I mean, he didn't even know she existed. I said, don't sound like much of a pastor to me. Because if people get sick in our church, and I know about it, I try to go see them. If somebody were to die, if I can, I'm going to preach their funeral if they ask me to. That's, you say, what? Because that's a pastor. That's what a pastor does. They do those things. And so that's not the same thing. We had to be online for when COVID first hit, it, you know how crazy it got. Nobody knew anything. We didn't know what to do. Nobody in the world knew what to do. I know this much. The Republicans and Democrats said it was a big problem. And if they both agreed on something, I thought, well, maybe it's true. I don't know. You know they never agree. And so anyway, here we are. And, we, so, and then for a while, we had church out in the parking lot. And everybody was in their cars. And, and, and we have the thing going. And, and we, we've got people in the parking lot tonight. And how are you out there? We're glad you're here with us. But anyway, and so we're on. I mean, they can hear us through our little radio thing that we've got going. And. Every Sunday, there's people in the parking lot. Every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, and I'm glad. But the truth is, we're not shutting down again. We're not. We're, it's not happening. You say, well, what if it just broke loose? Well, that'd be different. But I'm just saying, the government says, well, we just don't think. Well, I say, well, mind your own business. We've done been down that route, and everything's been good, and God's taking care of us. We're having church. You think church is essential? It's a big deal. And so anyway, but um, it's not the same though. Man, you sit out there in your cars, and if you're in your car tonight, God bless you. If that's how you need to come, you keep coming. We're, we, we love you, and we want you to be here. But there's just something different about coming inside of a building and being part of a church. It's a big deal. You can watch church on TV, but it's not the same thing as coming together. It's not the same thing. And so we ought to be glad that we can come together. We got a big enough building. We can spread out. We can do a lot of things in this building. We got a balcony we're not even using, but... You can seat 750 people in these pews, is what the pew company told me. I don't know if they tell me the truth or not, but we've, had, we've probably had 600 in here before. So I mean, I'm telling you, God's, it's, it's good. We've got a good problem right here. God's been good to us. But anyway, we ought to come together. It's important to come together. Now notice this. He says in verse 25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That means some people forsake the assembly. But exhorting one another... And so much the more as you see the day approaching. So when we come together, we're exhorting each other. That means you're encouraging each other in the faith in Christ. And not only that, he says, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What he's saying is it might get harder the closer it gets for the Lord to come. And life's going to get harder. And people's going to turn against the Lord and against Christianity. And we're going to need each other's support if we're going to make it. It's what it's talking about. And so we come together. I mean, 
So I can have church at home. You can, but you can come together like this. And this is so much different because you're with people that believe like you. We're singing together. We're worshiping together. We're studying the Bible together. Man, it's just good to walk up and say, hey, how you been? Good. How you been? It's good. And you look across there and one, and they're singing and they got a smile on their face and they got a smile on their face. Man, that's encouraging for each other. And so it's an, ex, it's an exhortation is what it is. And so when you come to church and if you decide not to come to church, that could hurt people. And so we come to church to encourage each other. This world has turned crazy. I don't know if you've noticed it or not. It's upside down. Everything that the Bible says is right, they're saying is wrong. And I'm going to take God's side on it. I ain't taking their side on it. I'm going to take God's side on it. It's everything's flip-flopped and it's backwards. It's amazing how it is. It's the age we live in. In Canada, they're putting preachers in jail left and right. You know why they're putting them in jail? Because they're having church services. Boy, what a terrible crime. That's awful, isn't it? Oh, they're going to have a church service in person. And they probably have and 99, over 99% of the people in Canada don't even have the virus and you can't come together to church. But you can come together for a hockey game. That's, that's essential, you know. And see, everything that usually happens to Canada ends up trickling down here. You say, well, we're having church. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have church. You say, why? Because we've got to. The Bible tells us to. It tells us to come together. It's an important thing to come together. We've got to come together. It's the job to come together. Now, I'll show you something else. It's not just a place of attendance. It's also a place of learning. Take your Bible and go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. It's a place of learning. First Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three. Yep, verse fifteen. Thought I had the wrong verse, but I do. I got it. Couldn't read my writing. First Timothy three fifteen. He says, But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. We'll get to that in a little while. There's a certain way you ought to act in church then. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Look at that. The pillar and the ground of the truth. One thing about the church is it's the pillar and the ground of the truth. It's a place where we come and we learn about the Lord and we learn about the Bible. I'll be honest with you, most people don't know anything about the Bible. You start talking to people about the Bible, they know nothing. You say, well, I don't know much. Well, if you don't know much, keep coming. It's the right place to be. And if you do think you know a lot, you can always know more. Man, I learn every day about the Bible. I'm constantly learning about the Bible. And I enjoy learning about it. But it's the place, the Bible says it's the pillar and ground of the truth. It's the truth. You know what truth is? Turn to John 17. John chapter 17, to the left. Turn left to find John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John 17. I'll show you what it is. John chapter number 17. John chapter 17. And verse 17. John 17, 17. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Here it is. Thy word is truth. Then you come to church and you learn truth. And you learn it from the word of God. And by the way, it doesn't matter. The preacher makes mistakes. He's, he's not always right on everything he says. But this book's always right. This is what we go by right here. And um, here we are, and we're a Baptist church. And 
That's what we are. But to be honest with you, if Baptists say something that's against the Bible, we're going to throw the Baptists out. We're going with the Bible. We have to go with it. It's the truth. And so anybody that goes against the Bible, the Bible's still right because God wrote the Bible. And so we go with the Word of God. And that's what we try to do. We're not claiming to be perfect, but we do claim to try, sincerely try to follow the Bible. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. That's where you learn. That's where you learn all kinds of things. You learn about doctrines. Do you know a lot of churches say, well, we don't teach doctrine. Do you know that doesn't even make sense? Do you know what the word doctrine means? Teaching. What do you teach? <laughs> I don't get it then. I don't, I, mean, I don't understand. It's like a riddle or something. We don't teach doctrine. That doesn't, huh? I, I don't understand that. That's crazy. We don't take a shower when we're taking a shower. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. We take a shower and don't get wet. I don't know. That's a, well, you better get back in there then, buddy. That's what you better do. And use some soap this time. It won't hurt nothing either. <laughs> hey, we, come to get, we do teach doctrine. You say, why? The Bible tells you doctrine's profitable for you. We're to learn the Bible. We're to learn things. We need to know why we believe what we believe. That's a big deal to study the Bible and know something about the Word of God. How about the doctrine of salvation? Everybody says, well, I believe you get saved like this. So I believe you get saved that way. Well, why don't we just say what the Bible says about it? Or the doctrine of eternal security like we've studied in Sunday school. That's important. Or the doctrine of heaven, the teaching of heaven. Aren't you glad heaven's a real place? I'm glad it's a real place because I got people over there waiting on us right now. And I plan on going myself one day. I'm like my grandpa. My grandpa one time told me, he said, yeah, he said, that preacher said, how many ready, how many, uh, ready to go to heaven? Everybody raised their hand but him. He said, he probably didn't hear me. He said, I said, how many of you are ready to go to heaven? Everybody in the building raised their hand except for my grandpa. He said, Brother Collins, he said, no, she didn't raise your hand. He said, you're not going to heaven? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to heaven. He said, he said why didn't you raise your hand? He said, oh, I thought you tried to get a trip up right now. <laughs> and that's a good reason. <laughs> Usually got to die to get there, so I bet you know, just prolong that. <laughs> but anyway, we need to know heaven's a real place. It's not just a cloud in the sky. That's not heaven. Heaven's a real place. It's got a street of gold. We'll, we'll probably do one, what the Bible says about heaven. We'll probably do that sometime uh, during this. We didn't know what the Bible says about angels. We studied angels here recently. The Bible has a lot to say about angels. What the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. What the Bible says about the Bible. We'll probably study that. What the Bible says about uh, our Savior. Many things the Bible that we need to know. You say, where do you learn that? A good place to learn, it's in church. Man, you come to church and, and you learn about the Bible, and then you go home and you read those things and say, let me make sure he's telling me right. Let us look up those scriptures. Write those scriptures down, I give you, and look it up and make sure it's right. That's how you learn about the Bible. Boy, it's good. And, and not only that, see, it's a place, it's, uh, it's a place of attendance, but it's also... It's also a place where we learn, a place of learning. The church is where you learn. I like Sunday school. Our Sunday school is wonderful. We've got Sunday school for all ages, and we've got lots of classes. And it's great how Sunday school is. It's just a blessing. We've got all these kids, and, and these kids, they love Sunday school. Our kids love it. They like to go to Sunday school. And, man, they come to Sunday school, and they get involved in that, and they want to come back every single week. But those kids are learning about the Bible. I'm going to tell you something. The world's not going to teach them right. You already know that. You better get your kids where they're around what's right. You know, 
It'll tell them what's right about marriage. And it'll tell them what's right about all kinds of things. The Bible will. And you learn things like that in the Word of God. And you start your kids out when they're young. I remember a few years ago, there was a guy, and he was a real goofball. He's an idiot. His name was Marilyn Manson. Y'all remember him? Weird O with a capital W and capital O. <laughs> and anyway, and he'd come and he'd have all that stuff makeup on, and then he'd put a pulpit at his concerts and he'd put a satanic S on the thing. And he'd burn Bibles on stage. I, well, I saw videos of it. He's burning Bibles, and he'd say, We're going to hell. And all the people in the in the, the, the audience, they say, yeah, and I was thinking, that's not the concert for me, I don't know about you, but I, I think I'd pick a different one than that, <laughs> but anyway, and man, it's all that crazy stuff, you know what he said, he said, parents, you better teach your kids, or I will, I thought, most parents weren't following Marilyn Manson, and they probably weren't letting Marilyn Manson in their house, because anyway, I mean, if you punched him in the nose, it'd take 10 push-ups just to make him bleed. He looked like a sissy. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I think, man, that's, that's, a, that's satanic to say stuff like that. And want to take our kids the wrong way and that sort of, what a terrible thing. I don't want my kids to learn about Marilyn Manson. I want my kids to learn about Jesus. I want them to learn about the Bible. I don't want them to go somewhere where they're burning Bibles and things. I don't want that. I want my kids to know the Bible is the Word of God. I'll be honest with you, I teach my kids that that flag's important right there, too. It's my job. I'm a parent. I believe that. Hey, when the flag's going, we, put, we take our hats off if we got one on. We put our hands over our heart. You say, why? Because we love our country. That's why we do it. There's some things you respect. You say, well, that's not for me. Well, Mexico would love to have you. <laughs> that's right. Or Iran, they hate us, too. Mexico don't hate us, but Iran, they don't care too much for us, I don't think. They put a video out today about blowing up our capital and all that. Those people are nuts, aren't they? They're not going to do it. Anyway, they couldn't handle what would come back. But anyway, you say, you say, what do we got? We got the greatest military in the world is what we got. Amen. Well, we ought to teach them about the Bible. These kids need to know it, but mom and daddy need to know about it. And you ought to teach them at home and teach them how to pray and teach them all those things. Now, there's more about this. It's a place of worship, too. Take your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter number 3. Went the wrong way. Turn back right. Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know why I went left. Ephesians chapter 3. Oh, I'm there. Ephesians chapter 3. It's a place of worship. We come together for worship. I was talking to a preacher friend of mine out of state today. He called me, asked me about something. And he said, you know, he said, I was preaching a revival meeting. And I told him, he said, if... If you don't feel closer to God and want to do more for God after a revival meeting, he said, if I'm preaching, he said, I feel like I didn't do my job. And, the, and he said, you didn't really get revived. He said, now, you may have had a good time, and that's great. And we have revival meetings. We have a blast. We have fun, but we have fun on Sundays, too. We have fun all the time, and we have a good time. But that's what revival meeting is designed to, grow, to get us, draw us closer to God. And we ought to be closer to God than we ever, than we ever were before. That's what, our, what we need to do. And so anyway, but worship. We come together to worship. It ought to make you desire to worship the Lord. And the church is the place we come do that at. Look in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Then when we come to church, we ought to 
give glory to him. You say, who? To God. Church is not about me or you. It's about worshiping God. And that's the reason we come to church, to give him worship. Take your Bible and go to um, 1 Timothy to the right there. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We come together and we worship. I like having a good time. You know, most, most churches and most church services are like funeral homes. And that's sad. I mean, I'm talking about most funeral homes have more life than the average church. And we ought to come to church and just have a good time. We ought to enjoy ourselves. Look in 1 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 8. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Doing what? Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I like it. You can come to church, raise your hand, don't have a question. You say, well, you're not supposed to do that. Well, it says to do it right there. Doesn't it say it in your Bible? It says it in mine. You say, well, that's back in the Old Testament. No, uh, Timothy's in the New Testament. That's where we're at right now. Man, I'm all about it. I like it. I like having a good time. The Bible talks about shouting. The Bible talks about singing. Did you know singing's worshiping God? Man, we ought to raise the roof when we're singing. God's been good to us. If it wasn't for the Lord, we'd go to hell with gasoline britches on. It's only by the grace of God we're going to heaven. We ought to praise his name is what we ought to do. We ought to be glad that he saved us. We ought to be thankful that we're saved. And we ought to let him know it. I like it when that choir gets rolling. That's the man I like. That's, that's probably my favorite. Um, any special music we have, that, to me, I like that because it's got so many of our church people involved. And anybody who wants to be involved can get involved in it. And there's so many people involved in it. And boy, when that thing gets going, God gets on that thing. It's good. It's good. I like it. And I like these people that, that aren't in the choir that sing special, special music. I like that, too. We got a lot of great singers in our church. I just wish I was one of them. <laughs> I get so mad at these singing preachers. It makes me sick. You're not supposed to be able to sing and preach. I'm not even a very good preacher, and I really can't sing. And so, man, you want to talk about a mess. Must be nice, that's all I got to say. But boy, there's a bunch of them that can. Like, man. But anyway. <laughs> Um, but we ought to worship God. That's something we ought to do. When we're here, we ought to enjoy worshiping the Lord. I like, I like it. I mean, man, we have an invitation. People get in this altar and pray. Sometimes you'll see people come from other places. They'll go, what are they doing? They're praying. <laughs> That's okay. Prayer's all right. He told you over there in uh, verse um, uh, 8, I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. Well, the altar's one place you can pray. You can pray in your pew. You can pray driving down the road and do all kinds of things. I like it, though. I like a church that's alive and has a good time and praising the Lord. I like it. I like a preacher that's got some life to him. I enjoy that, too. Amen. We're, this is just Bible teaching tonight. This ain't preaching. But I like it. But every, every teaching ought to have a little preaching in it. Every preaching ought to have a little teaching. You'll learn something from it. And so it's good. Amen. But there ought to be some life to it. A lot of these guys are like six feet uh, popsicles standing behind a pulpit. You can ice skate up and down the aisles. Man, the church ought not be that way. We ought to be able to come to church and have a good time. You ought to be able to feel the presence of God when you come to church. You ought to be able to feel. I've had several people in the last few weeks. I said, boy, I could just feel the Lord not coming there. Good. That's what we want. That's how it should be. There ought to be something different about this place. God didn't just do all this by accident. There's something happening right here. Man, God's been good to Gethsemane Baptist Church. And we ought to praise his name for it. We ought to enjoy it. 
Take your Bible and go to, you say, 1 Peter. That's to the right of there. 1 Peter chapter 1. Or chapter 2, rather. 1 Peter chapter 2. A few books to your right. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2. He says in verse 2 is, Newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We grow by the word of God as Christians. That's that studying part. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Get a taste of that and you'll get a taste of something. To whom coming is into a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, that's us, as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You know what the Bible says? We're lively stones, not dead stones. Lively stones, the Bible says. And what are we to do? We're to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Back in the Old Testament days, they really brought a literal, physical sacrifice. Man, they'd bring a lamb, and the high priest would offer that lamb on the altar. I mean, kill it and lay it on the altar, and it'd be a burnt offering. They'd burn it, and man, they'd offer that to God. I'm glad we're not under the Old Testament. We don't have to do that anymore. Now we can come together and offer up spiritual sacrifices. Look right back to the left of the book of Hebrews, just a few pages over. James is the next book, and then Hebrews. And look in chapter 13, the last chapter of Hebrews. And look at this spiritual sacrifices. Look what they are. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Well, I just don't like it when they say amen at church. That's okay. God likes it, and that's who we're doing it for. I just don't like it. They're saying hallelujah. I don't know why they'd say hallelujah because that's a Bible word. It means praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Did you know the word hallelujah is the same word in any language? If you went to Germany and said hallelujah, they, they know what that means. It's the same word. That's a universal word. In any language, it's hallelujah. And it means praise the Lord. And I believe they'll be saying it in heaven too. As a matter of fact, I know they're saying it in heaven because I read about them saying it in heaven. I got it in the book of Revelation. It says they're saying it. Well, if they can say it in heaven, surely we could say it down here. <laughs> I think it'd be permissible. If the Lord allows it in heaven, he's going to allow it down here. And man, people think a preacher come up with the word amen. Man, a preacher didn't come up with that word. That's a Bible word. You know what it means? It means so be it. It means I agree. I saw that weirdo in Congress say amen and a woman. He doesn't even know what the word meant. It's not a masculine or feminine name. It's Talking about I agree. <laughs> he didn't agree. <laughs> he didn't even know what he was talking about. But that's the society we're living in. You know you're in a messed up time when they ask, is it Bruce Jenner, whatever his name? I call him Bruce. But anyway, <laughs> right. when, when they said, they got and they said, what do you think about these men playing women's sports? He goes, it's unfair. They go, what? <laughs> he said, it's not fair. I thought, well, he's right on that. Amen. <laughs> That's about all he's got right, but he's got, <laughs> yeah. Amen. 
I don't. I just don't understand people attacking women. I'm for. I'm all. I'm, I mean, women's sports. Let them play their sports and leave them alone. You know, leave them alone. But anyway, so well, I can't believe you'd say something like that. I told you this church ain't like every other church. I'm glad it ain't either. Most, most. I ain't, I'm not gonna say that. I'm just not even gonna do it. I'm not gonna say it. May God bless each of you. <laughs> hey, we ought to come to church and have a good time. We ought to enjoy ourselves at church. We ought to be able to laugh at church. We ought to be able to praise the Lord at church. We ought to be able to sing at church. We ought to be able to shout at church. It's all through the Bible. It talks about it. It's a good thing, and God will bless us for it. We're here to worship Him. That's why we come to church, to worship Him. All right, we're going to stop there.